ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Welcome back to today's episode of the No Higher Calling podcast. Today, I am going to share something that has been requested um, of me a lot. So I'm finally getting to the episode where I'm going to share about reading, about my personal reading goals, some of the books that I've been reading for this year, and I'm going to kind of even back it up and answer some questions that I keep getting from different moms on really the most the question I get the most is, how do you find time to read as a busy mom with little kids? By the time I go to bed and lay my head on the pillow, I'm so exhausted. How do you find time to read? I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about where I find my books. I know a lot of people ask, do I buy all the books that I get? Where do I find them? Um, So I want to kind of address some of that. So join in with me, whether you're an avid reader, whether you barely ever read. Um, I think there will be something in this episode that you'll enjoy and that um, you might find that you really want to step up your reading game. And so I just want to share a little bit about my kind of journey to where I am at now. Right now, I am in love with books. I'm reading more than I ever have. I'm loving it. Actually, like I've told Simeon a couple times, like, honey, I just, I don't feel like I have enough life to read all the amazing books that I want to squeeze into it. There's just so many good books to read out there. And of course, he just laughs at me and is like, oh my goodness, Brittany, (laughs) you're such a nerd. But I, I, you know, I am. And hey, I'm proud of it. I don't mind. I I love to read. There's just nothing like a good book. Um, We really are kind of stepping up our atmosphere of reading and a love for books, even within our home. I have seen my kids fall in love with books in the past, like, I don't know, four or five months in in a whole new way. That's going to be another episode. I'm encouraging your kids to fall in love with books. But I just, books are becoming some of our closest uh, friends, I guess you'd say. We, We are just loving our books. We're loving reading. We're loving sharing with one another. Um... You know, I I did the episode recently on creating a morning basket. Obviously, that was about reading. The kids and I love to read together. Um, Simeon actually just came to me today, and he was like, hey, do you have like a chapter book that I could start reading to Eden at night before she goes to bed? And I was like, of course I do. I have plenty you can choose from. Now, we had to narrow it down. He didn't want Anne of Green Gables. He didn't want Little Women. He didn't want The Secret Garden. So we landed on the mini adventures of Robin Hood. But hey, Eden will enjoy that one too. Um, We just love books. Simeon and I, uh, we've talked before, uh, previous podcast episodes about how we kind of got in this rut of watching TV all the time. We've really tried to pull back from that, not watch so much TV. We've really started reading a lot more. Reading is not so much his thing, um, 
but he he is in ministry looking to be a pastor in the next couple of years. So that in and of itself has kind of created more of a desire in him to to read more um, different uh, Bible type topics that he's really gotten interested in. That He's been reading uh, different authors. And so even even he has kind of grown in his reading. And some of our favorite evenings is when he's in bed with his good book. I'm in bed with my good book. And we just read back and forth. And, you know, it's funny. As much as I say we enjoy doing that, it's kind of frustrating, too, because I hardly get anything read because he's like, oh, you got to listen to this great quote. Listen to this. And then he doesn't get to read much because I'm like, oh, wait, you got to hear this. This is so good. Uh, But it's still it's fun and we're connecting and bonding and it's great. So, yeah, rambling, rambling. But we love books. Back it up. I really have always enjoyed books, even when I was a kid. I would say that my passion for books probably began in middle school when I first picked up my very first Nancy Drew mystery novel. And man, I fell in love with Nancy Drew. I, oh man, I thought I was Nancy Drew. I envisioned myself in the pages of those books. I loved solving the mysteries and figuring it all out. I think I have read every Nancy Drew book I can get my hands on. And I'm not rushing the days or the years, but man, when the day comes that Eden and I can cuddle up and read Nancy Drew books together, oh, that's going to be awesome. Um, But that's where it all kind of started for me. That was in middle school. Throughout high school, I read a lot of classical literature. Um, Then when I went to college, I actually changed my major a couple times. I was always a secondary ed major, um, but I was really interested in science. So I kind of started with that. Lord kind of redirected my path. I thought about history for a minute. Really, I thought about just everything but math. Math is not my strong suit. Um, And when I say science, I mean biological science, not physical science. But the Lord had me land on English. And I love grammar. I I love diagramming. Um, But really, it was for the literature side of things. So I read a lot during my college years. But that was a little more like academic reading. Um, Then got out of college. And I went through this phase of like young adult dystopian novels, um, kind of did that for a couple years. And, um, so really, so we've been married almost what, seven, seven years. Um, yeah, seven years in July. So that was the first couple years of our marriage. And I don't know, I would read maybe like six books, maybe eight books a year. Not a lot, not a huge priority. If I found some series that I just couldn't put down, you know, maybe 12. Um, I never really set reading goals. I just, you know, if I happened to find something at the library and then I'd get hooked on reading for a little while and um, then I'd fall out of the habit. So kind of reading on and off. But last year... At the beginning of 2020, um, somebody challenged me to set a reading goal. And I had read quite a bit more in 2019. I guess maybe it all came out of, uh, I'm just a young wife, I'm a young mom, and I really started reading more nonfiction, um, more Christian authors, books about parenting and marriage and different books on, you know, different topics in the Bible. And so I started reading more 2019, but 2020, I was challenged to set a goal for my reading. Um, And I did that. My goal was 25 books for 2020. And at the beginning of the year, I was like, wow, that's like 
way more than double what I normally read. But I thought, no, I'm a very goal-oriented person. I was like, if I set the goal, I can accomplish this. Um, And I started out the year great the first couple months. Like, I burned through books. I think I got halfway by like April. Um, then I had Ivy in the summer. It kind of slowed down. Then um, fall, we just got really busy as we started getting back on the road from being off for a while for COVID, lots of mission conferences. So I don't think I hardly touched any books like October, November. Then I fit wrapped up my challenge in December and I did finish at 25. Uh, no, I didn't finish at 25. I finished, I think I finished at 32. I think I finished at 32. It was either 30 or 32. But um, anyway, so all that to say, I fell in love with books all over again last year. Um, just so many amazing books that I read. And so this year I was like, okay, I want to set another goal for my reading and I want to challenge myself beyond what I did last year. So I hit, I said 25, I hit probably like five, six, seven over that. Um, I still wanted it to be something attainable. I used to have this really bad habit of setting major high goals. And then like by February, March, when I realized this is totally unattainable, I was like, well, what's the point? I'm not even going to hit the goal anyway. So it's just let's kill it now. Um, so I've been scaling back on my goals a little bit less than what my overachiever self wants to do. Um, but something that's attainable. So when I do have crazy months and I don't touch a book, I'm not like, Oh, well, it's just over. Um, so this year I set the goal of 40 books and, um, I I really wanted to set 50 and double last year's, but I was like, eh, I, I just didn't know what this year would look like for us. So I was like, let's set it at 40. And if I happen to hit 50, okay. So my goal on Goodreads says 40. My personal hope is 50. We'll see. I am currently at 12 books. So wrapping up March, um, you know, hitting 12 books, that, that puts me pretty well on pace, at least to hit, um, you know, definitely to hit 40 in this first quarter. Not 40 in this first quarter, but puts me on pace in this first quarter to hit 40 by the end of the year. Um, So I've read some awesome books this year. I will share those at the end of this episode. But I want to talk a little bit about really the biggest question that I get from everybody is how on earth do you read that many books? Um, I, I have several different tips. My best tip I will share first and then I'll kind of do some other things from there. Um. So there's many different ways that you can break up your reading into small bite-sized goals. Um, I'm, I'm finding it's better to have little goals that lead to an end goal, um, baby steps that help you get to where you're wanting to go. So my baby step is to read one chapter of a book every day. Now, I'm kind of in this nonfiction. I, I just have a long list of nonfiction books that I'm trying to get through. Um, so most of mine are Christian nonfiction, and they average from like 10 to 12 chapters. So if I'm reading a chapter a day, that puts me hitting like two and a half, almost three books per month. So it sounds like a lot, but hey, one chapter a day, that takes me 10 or 15 minutes. Totally doable. Um, So that's kind of my big tip is somehow if you set a big goal for the year and it's not too late, you know, you can still set a goal for this year, whatever you um, whatever you want to do for your reading challenge. 
And, you know, don't feel like, oh man, 40, there's no way I can't set a goal like that. Or maybe you're thinking 40. Oh my goodness. That's nothing. I could way do that. I listened to another lady's podcast and I think her goal for this year that maybe, I think it's like 140. Um, and, and she will, she will achieve that or get very close. She reads a lot of books. Um, a lot of the books that I read, I get from her recommendations. Um, but wherever you're at, Hey, if you, are new to reading, set a goal. I want to read one book this year. I'm going to cover to cover, finish one. Um, Whatever challenges you, don't compare whatever is a challenge to you. Um, But then take that big goal and make it into bite-sized pieces. So what does that need to look like for you? Maybe you're going to read this many pages a day. Um, Maybe you want to do like I do and say, okay, I'm going to read a chapter a day. Maybe it's a chapter every weekday and you want to say, hey, no, I want my weekends free. Um, But whatever works for you, just break it down and you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised how many books you can get through when you break down your goals like that. And so that's my goal on just something to kind of keep in the forefront of your mind. Like, I need to read my chapter a day. Now, how do I make that happen when usually it's my kids that wake me up in the morning and, hey, I'm not super mom. By the time they go to bed, I'm tired too. Um, But these are some different ways that I've implemented finding time to read. And they might not fit your season of life, and they may. Um, But a couple different ways that I've incorporated reading into my schedule. Um, I do read a lot in the evenings. So our kids go to bed between like 7, 7.30. So that leaves, you know, several hours for Simeon and I before we go to bed. We don't read every night. Um... But we do read often. Some nights we read for a couple hours. Some nights I'm like, hey, I just really need to take 15 minutes and get in my chapter before we do watch TV or before we play a game or before I go and tidy up the kitchen, whatever it is. Um, also, I, I, so I like Kindle books. They tend to be cheaper. Um, with all of our traveling, it's just easier. I have a Kindle. My phone is a little more accessible, so I often read on my phone, Um, but I, (laughs) so I have found a way to lean my phone against my bathroom mirror and like kind of hook my pop socket in the ledge of the bathroom mirror, and so I will read while I blow dry my hair. I have very thick hair, so sometimes it takes me a good like 10 minutes to get my hair blow dried, so hey, there's my chapter for the day. Or um, I have a baby that I'm nursing, so I read a lot while I'm nursing her. We try to have a quiet time every day in the afternoon. Um, Knox and Ivy nap. Eden doesn't nap anymore, but I still try to encourage quiet time in her room doing crafts or playing or looking at books. Um, So often that actually is usually when my devotional time happens, Um, but sometimes I can squeeze a little bit of reading in there. Um... Something that I've kind of come to realize is whatever is important to you, you will find the time for. Um, So if reading is important to you or if you are starting to work hard to make it important to you, you'll be surprised the time that you find. Um, I do grocery pickup a lot. So when I'm sitting there, you know, I might have five, 10 minutes while I'm waiting for them to come out and then load my groceries. And I have my phone right there. I have uh, my Kindle app on my phone. So, hey, there's a chapter. 
So just look for ways. Like I said, maybe you're in a different season. Maybe you don't have a nursing baby. Um, Maybe you don't blow dry your hair. Um, Maybe your bedtime, naptime routines look different. But analyze your day and look for little pockets. Where can I squeeze in some time, even if it's just a couple pages? Um, Progress is progress. Where can you fit in some time during your day to read? And um also, take advantage of audiobook. So I'm not as much of a fan of audiobooks. I like listening to things. I love listening to podcasts. And while I do enjoy listening to audiobooks, and it is it helps me burn through them a lot quicker because I listen to them while I'm folding laundry or doing dishes or cleaning up in the evenings um, when I'm out for a walk or something. But I, I like to be able to take notes, to highlight, especially when I'm reading like a lot of nonfiction books that I'm kind of like reading them to soak up different truth that I want to implement in my life. I really like to have something to write on and take notes. And that's harder with an audio version. Um, but it still is a great resource for busy moms who want to read, who can't find the time, or you're just tired. Audiobooks are are really good, um, really good resource. So that's just some tips on how as a busy mom, I find time um, to read. Now, I used to get a lot of books from the library. Um, obviously, then COVID kind of happened. That kind of messed up the library. And now that I'm reading a lot more nonfiction books, I struggle to find the books that I want to read at the library. So what I do is when I find a book that I want to read, I have an Amazon wish list. That actually I have two. I have one for like physical books that either are the same price as the Kindle version or maybe you can't find the Kindle version. Those go in my like physical book wish list. Then I have a wish list for my Kindle books, which is like a mile long. But hey, that's okay. I'm working through it. I feel like I take, I buy one, I read it, and then I add five more on. But we're making progress. Anyway, um, so that's kind of how I track what I want to read. I also have Goodreads, and I know you can track in there like what you want to read, and I, I do have some in there. I've just found it's easier on Amazon to track it that way because I often will go on there, and it'll show you if there's a price drop. So there's sometimes that I just I scroll through that list quickly and see, hey, this book has decreased you know, decrease 50% in its price that it was a week ago. Maybe I want to snatch this book. Um, also, Amazon tends to run um, by two or by three for the price of two on their physical books. So I try to kind of announce that on my Instagram when that's happening in case any of you guys are wanting to um, get some good books. But I really stocked up at the end of last year on some physical copies of books. I try to buy only the physical copy if it's a book that I know that I'll reference a lot or use like I don't want to get it for a book that I'm just going to read once and then never touch it again. Um, But I have used that Amazon deal quite a bit, um, being able to get three books for the price of two. Um, Another thing that I have found is if I'm going to buy something from Amazon, if we have Amazon Prime, so I'm not sure how this works if you don't have Prime. But if I don't do Prime shipping, if I delay it by even just like a couple days, it will give me Kindle credit. Um, sometimes that can be ten cents. Sometimes it can be a dollar. Sometimes it can be a couple dollars. But usually, if I know, like, okay, I'm out of this, or I need to buy that, I will either like buy it before I need it, or 
you know, usually I don't need stuff like immediately within the next two days. So I try to delay my shipping so that I can collect that Kindle credit. So I use that often to cash in on books. Um, I believe if you try the Audible subscription, you get two free books on Audible. Don't quote me on that. You'll have to look on that. Um, I did it a couple months ago. And I don't remember the details. I wound up canceling it because oh, Simeon and I figured the math and how much I wanted to use it and how much I wanted to read. And it just, it didn't come out to being worth it. Um, I do try to find books at the library, not so much like at, at the actual library anymore. Um, I, I struggle finding them and really since COVID, we've just gotten out of the habit of going to the library. Uh, we used to go a lot for story time, but now one of my awesome friends is hosting a story time at her house. So that's been amazing. Um, but we just haven't been to the library much. But our library has the Libby app. Um, you, I just put in my library card and was able to pull up um, different books from my library. So I've been using that for some audiobooks. Um, that's been an awesome resource. Um, I know several other people have mentioned like Hoopla. I've tried that. Our library doesn't have like hardly any books on that. So that hasn't been very successful for me. But there are different ways to find books at a cost. But on the flip side of that, um, Simeon and I feel like books are a worthy investment. Now, obviously, I mean, we're on a budget. Um, you know, we don't have a ton of extra funds to invest in books, but they are important to us. So we would rather like give up going out to eat every now and then. And we could buy several books for what our family of five would spend to go out and like get pizza or something. So anyway, um, it, it is a worthwhile investment, especially for us, you know, heading to being in the ministry. Um, a lot of the books that I read, I think are things that I will reference as I'm working with women and children and moms. And of course, as he's kind of building a library, um, he will use it over and over as he preaches and just ministers in a church. Um, so we, we just personally feel like it's a worthy investment. Um, so that is some of the different ways that I get my books. All right, I'm going to try to tackle something. That's not going to happen in 10 minutes. This episode might be a little longer than normal, ladies. I'm sorry, but there's no way I can squeeze the 12 books that I've read so far in March in 10 minutes. But I'll try to keep it like 15, maybe, maybe 20. Um, anyway, let's dive in. So I'm just going to quickly go through the 12 books that I have read so far this year. Um, I'll give you a star rating on how I felt about them and then just a little bit about um, about the book, maybe a quote from it, just something that I personally really enjoyed about the book. Um, you can find these on my blog. I think I'm going to because I'm reading so much this year, last year I split it into like six months and six months. Um, I did kind of like a partway through my challenge, how I'm doing, this is what I've read, these are my top five. Then at the end of the year, I said, okay, this is my entire list of books that I read 2020, and these are my top five. Um, but I think I think I might do it quarterly. Um, so anyways, look for that in the show notes. You'll have that. Um, so you can read more of these and I'll have links to where you can get them and all of that. But um, so these are the 12 that I have currently read. So the first one is The Hiding Place by Corey Ten Boom. Oh my goodness. What a book to start the year off with. This five stars. 
hands down, five stars. I read this in high school. I had actually had forgotten that I read it in high school until I started reading it again. And then I was like, oh, I've read this before, but man, I'll read it again and again. This was such an amazing book about um, a family that went through the Holocaust that helped support and take care of Jews really just their faith in God through so much testing, so many trials and persecution and hardship and the refiner's fire brought them forth as gold. It was amazing to see God's faithfulness through the testimony of Corey Timboom and her family. I love this book. It was such a timely read for me. Great biography. Fantastic. Highly recommend that one. Um, The next one I read would be Atomic Habits by James Clear. So this is like one of the top books right now. Um, New York Times bestselling book. Um, Maybe a three star. I I hate to say that because I know so many people love this book. And there was amazing, like if you need help with forming habits, this is your book. When I talk about like end goal, back it up to baby steps, that all came from this book. It was great content. I just would love to see that content written from a Christian perspective. Um, he, he talked a lot about like breaking smoking habits and and some different addiction type habits. And some of that, I just feel like having the power of the Holy Spirit was not an element in the habits. And that is just such a key essential part of forming good habits and breaking bad habits that I really, as a believer, I wish I could, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he's saved or not, but there was not really a Christian element in that book, which it wasn't advertised that way. But as a Christian, um, I would, I would enjoy kind of combining the two. And I did for my own self. As I'd read it, I kind of filtered it through and was like, okay, well, as a Christian, you know, I, I, a little different take on it, but still used his information nonetheless. Um, but that's, I don't know, maybe three stars, maybe four, maybe three and a half. Um, as far as habits themselves go, it was great. If, if you want to start some good habits, break bad ones, he's got some phenomenal tips that really help you analyze the process and really set a stage for success. Um, so I don't know, maybe you'll like that one better than I did, but overall it was a good book, but, um, all right. So moving on, uh, number three, suffering is never for nothing by Elizabeth Elliot, man, this was so good. So I've shared some trials that we've been through. I have some other ones that the Lord has chosen for us to walk through that I haven't shared on the podcast. Um, some really hard stuff. And so I thought when reading this, like when starting this book, yeah, I, I've suffered. I've walked through valleys. And then I read this book and I was like, oh my goodness. Huh. I'm still in like preschool in the suffering category, but so much good truth. Um, a quote I loved for this uh, from this book. It said, it's through the deepest suffering God has taught me the deepest lessons. And if we'll trust him for it, we'll come through to the unshakable assurance that he's in charge. He has a loving purpose and he can transform something terrible into something wonderful. Suffering is never for nothing. 
I love pretty much anything by Elizabeth Elliot. So this one did not disappoint, but this was such a good read. Highly recommend. Five stars for this one. Um, the next one was Reading Magic by Mem Fox. Uh, the subtitle is Why Reading Aloud to Our Children Will Change Their Lives Forever. This one was actually written. Uh, Mem Fox is Australian, so that was fun. I enjoyed that. Um if you've read Read Aloud Revival, it was kind of along those lines. Really good information about why it is so important to read to your kids, to read aloud to them, no matter what age. It also um, went really deep into like teaching your kids to read and the importance of that and tips on how to do that without... Um, squashing their desire to read, um, kind of analyze some learning style things with introducing reading and why it's so important to read stories even to babies as they're developing their language. So a lot of really good, like, nitty gritty information, facts on reading to kids. So if that interests you, highly recommend this one. Um, I'll give it four star. While it was really good, there were some parts where, I don't know, maybe I just got bogged down. It was a little dry, but I kind of um, kind of breezed through a couple parts of it, but it, it was really good. Uh, then number five was Risen Motherhood, uh, Gospel Hope for Everyday Moments by Emily Jensen and Laura Whiffler. This book was awesome. It took like chapter by chapter, just things that women's women go through, um, dealing with the postpartum days, um, food, comparison, community, oh goodness, just rearing your kids, all different things and analyzed everything in light of the gospel. So good. So good. Five star. Love this book. I do want to throw this in here. Um, meant to mention this earlier, but forgot. Want to make sure I say it. Something I taught was taught at Bible college is when you read, eat the fish, spit out the bones. I am not endorsing every single word of these books that I am recommending. Um, you have to read with your biblical lens and filter through. Um, I, I don't agree with all of these authors, even these Christian authors. There are some that I, you know, I don't stand with them on everything that they say and that they believe. But I have been able to glean great truth from these books. So just wanted to throw that in there. I'm not endorsing everything. Don't pick up one of these books and read it and be like, oh, you know, Brittany's a Calvinist or different things. Um, just wanted to say that you can glean truth from people that you don't agree with. Um, just wanted to throw that in there. Just, just read the Holy Spirit within you, comparing things with scripture, and glean the truth that you can. Eat the fish, spit out the bones. Okay, book number six. Will They Stand? Preparing Kids to Face the Giants by Ken Ham. Okay, so in the next episode, Simeon and I are going to talk about this book. This book was so good. Ken Ham says, the foundation of a legacy worth leaving is made up of faith in God and a trust in his holy word. Uh, Ken Ham is the founder and CEO of the Answers in Genesis ministry, very big into apologetics, has done so much research on statistics of Christian kids that have grown up in church and they're falling away from church, falling away from the faith, why that's happening, how we can change that, why it's so important to leave a godly legacy for our kids that we need to prepare them for the battle that is coming. Satan is waging war against our kids and against our homes, and we need to prepare them for that. Five stars. This was a great book. 
Uh, book number seven. This was actually just like a little booklet. It's called Then an Alien, Now an Heir by Jayanthia Nantharaj. So this is actually a sweet friend um, that I used to go to church with. And she wrote this book as kind of like a little um, autobiography of God's leading in her life. She has an amazing story. She was born in India. Um got saved. Her dad wasn't saved. Her dad was um, Hindu, different things. She had an arranged marriage. That story in and of itself is just amazing how God worked in her life, in, in her marriage. God moved her to the States, just blessed her with kids. It, it, she has such a sweet testimony of God's grace and God's faithfulness and God answering prayer. I loved this little book. It was short. I'm um, not super long, but I really enjoyed reading, um, reading her testimony. Um, book number eight is Eve in Exile, The Restoration of Femininity by Rebecca Merkel. I'm sorry, Rebecca Merkel. Um, So I read this on the Canon Press app. You can actually... get a free, I got a free 30 day trial on there. So this was an audiobook that I listened to. Highly recommend five star. This came highly recommended to me. Uh, a quote says our culture has so twisted and corrupted the beauty that God intended for womanhood. We need Christian women to search the scriptures and fulfill the role God created us for. Our world's a mess. The whole feminism thing is out of control just, uh, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go there. Um, gotta keep this short. So this book, she kind of traces the history of feminism, the roots that led to where it is today, where it's headed. And then she deep dives into what did God intend for woman? It, it wasn't to be a doormat or less than, um, but it also wasn't to have this, I am woman, hear me roar, you know, attitude. God, God has such a beautiful design for women and we need to find our purpose in him. Um, not in ourselves, not in our accomplishments, not in our role, not in our achievements, only in Christ. This book was phenomenal. Really recommend this one. Um, book number nine, Simeon and I listened to this one um, as an audio book as well on the Libby app with the library. Um, Live Not By Lies, A Manual for Christian Dissidents by Rod Treher. Uh, man, eye-opening read. Um, a couple quotes. It says, if we see personal happiness as the ultimate goal, we will surrender at the first sign of trouble. Uh, You have to suffer for the truth because that's what makes the truth authentic. If I'm not willing to suffer, my truth might as well be uh, not be any more than ideology. So this book was written um, by a reporter journalist that interviewed people that lived during um, Soviet Russia, the communist takeover and kind of the Russia, Poland, Czech Republic, those those countries, the people that saw um, exactly what communism does, the destruction that it brings, that it just crumbles society, family, government. And so these are people that escaped that, came to the United States, and are now wary and fearful as they watch our country following in the same steps that their countries did. Um, very eye-opening read. Um, very challenging, very sobering at times, 
just really thinking about if if we have to pray for revival, we need God's hand on our nation because if we are left to ourselves, friends, sin and evil will just wreak havoc on on our land and in our country. Um, this this was a really really interesting read. Um, even talking about preparing for persecution as Christians, um, preparing your heart, preparing your home and your church for what happens when they start coming after Christians because they are so leaning towards um, towards communism and really just some evil ideology. Good read. I will throw in here, like I said, eat the fish, spit out the bones. Um, Christendom in this book includes Catholics. So most of most of the Christian testimonies or history or speaking of the different dissidents was from the Catholic Church. Um, so there again, just, you know, read with read with understanding and comparing with scripture. Um, still great truth to be gleaned from this, but, you know, we, we wouldn't we wouldn't agree with um, some of the the Catholic faith and stuff. But um Number 10 was Women of the Bible by Frances Vanderveld. So a friend of mine from church actually gave me this book. And we've been doing kind of like a little book club, reading through it together. And um, we're going to meet together for tea and discuss all that we have learned from this book. It just went through, oh my goodness, 30 or more probably women in the Bible just studying through them, talking about their lives. This was really good. I've done this before, not with this book, with other books, um, but there's always something that I've missed. So much truth can be gleaned from scripture, whether you've read it once or a thousand times. Um, and I, I really had some great takeaways as I studied the women of the Bible. Good examples, bad examples. Um, great book. Book number 11. I'm sorry, I didn't say women of the Bible, five star. Live not by lies, four star. Sorry, I'm, I'm trying to keep up with this. Too much going on in my mind. Uh, book number 11. Okay, Stop Calling Me Beautiful, Finding Soul Deep Strength in a Skin Deep World by, I'm going to butcher her name, Felicia Masonheimer, I believe. Um, Five-star rating on this book. Again, wouldn't agree with everything um, faith-wise as she does, but still so much truth. As of right now, this is one of my top books that I've read this year. So basically the whole premise is current church culture, modern church culture has this message of just warm and fuzzies. God is love. You know, you you are beautiful. Look at yourself in the mirror and just say, I am beautiful and God loves me and I can conquer anything with Christ. And just this shallow, shallow Christianity. Um, man, she takes it deep. She goes deep down and she's like, you know what? We are not beautiful. We are wretched, hell-deserving, ugly, wicked sinners. But what is beautiful about that is the gospel. It's not us that's beautiful. It's that in our low estate, in our wretched self, God, in his perfect, holy, pure self, God gave himself for us. That is the beautiful part. Um, 
And she talks about, you know, different things, some from her own testimony, um, just walking through different aspects of life that women deal with and really just talking about, okay, strip away the shallow, fluffy, indifferent, you know, uh, cliche Christianity and get down deep. See us for who we are, God for who he is, and fall in love with Jesus. I loved this quote. She said, I wonder if more Christians experienced a vibrant walk with Jesus, one that transformed their daily lives. Would talking about it come naturally? The shallow, defeated Christianity we see today is not worth talking about. Who wants to talk about a faith that's perpetually lived in defeat? Why would you share something that you barely believe yourself? That's not the kind of faith early Christians were sharing. Theirs was a Christian life touched by the powerful person of Jesus. Five star, highly recommend this book. Book number 12. Um, The last one that I just wrapped up for this first quarter is Speaking for Myself, Faith, Freedom, and the Fight for Our Lives Inside the Trump White House by Sarah Huckabee Sanders. So this was kind of Sarah. I did this one on audiobook, listening to Sarah just kind of account her story, how she got into politics, having a dad that was, you know, the governor of Arkansas, leading all the way up to working really as the inner circle for President Trump. It was a phenomenal read. Uh, Really, really enjoyed this. I loved seeing that in spite of having such an important job in our nation, being in such uh, such close relationship with the president, her faith and her family were her top priorities. I loved that about this book. Um, Just, wow, incredible stories. Um, Don't want to get into politics here, but it gave me... Okay. We really liked Trump. We are so thankful for his policies, for all that he accomplished in the White House, and we were disappointed um, to see the way things went for the current election year. Um, Anyway, uh... (laughs) I just, I really enjoyed um, and appreciated even more an inside look at what President Trump accomplished during his years in the White House, Um, his struggle, his sacrifice, his heart for our country and for the American people. It really took my gratitude for him and his administration to a whole new level. I'm so thankful that... Though it was not extended for another four years, that God gave those four years where I do feel like there were so many blessings that our country received um, because its leadership was doing its best to, to follow after Christ. Um, so anyway, uh, five star. Really enjoyed that one. I will throw in um, there were a couple um, curse words in the book. So just... So you know that when you're reading it. Um, But that's it. So that is what I've been reading. Um, Also meant to throw this in earlier. Going to throw it in at the end. So I used to only read one book at a time. Like I could not, I could not do more than one book at a time. Maybe it's just because my life is way more distracted and instead of being like laser focused in a line, I'm kind of like spider. You know, I got something going on in every direction that I am reading multiple books at once. So a couple tips wrapping this up on how to really fall in love with reading. First of all, 
if you pick up a book, even if you're halfway through it, even if you're three-fourths of the way through it, if you're not enjoying it, if you're forcing yourself to read through it, unless it's something that you're just like, I really want to accomplish this one, or I know there's going to be some nugget of truth that's worth getting through the end, put it down. Don't waste your time. It, it will kill your desire to read. Um, there have been books that I, I say, I don't want to be completely done with this, but I'm going to pause and I'm going to pick up something else. I, I currently have a book like that. I started it last year and I really thought it was going to be a book that I would really enjoy. Um, it's about homeschooling. That's a topic I'm passionate about. I just got into it and it it's good. It's just dry. So I, I want to read it eventually, but I had to put that on pause or I would never have gotten through other books. So that one's on pause. I've been, obviously it was last year. So I've read a lot of other books that I've enjoyed since. I will pick it back up. I'm kind of, you know, here and there squeezing in a chapter. Um, but yeah, if you don't love it, don't waste your time with it. Um, and also maybe you are just a one track person. Read a book, done next one. Read a book, done, next one. Um, But don't be afraid to branch out and have a couple different books. So I usually have one book that I'm listening to um, audibly. I usually have a physical book. I usually read that at home. Um, When we travel, I tend to not take my physical books with me unless it's kind of like a devotional book that I'm going through. Um, I will have, I usually have a couple books that I'm reading on my Kindle slash phone. Um, And then I do, I have some books that I kind of read through devotionally. So I, you know, I have several different things going on at once. Um, I've read 12 so far. I am currently in the middle of, I think, four other ones. I have a physical book, two, yeah, four, because I have two on uh, my Kindle. And then I have one devotionally that I'm going through. So um, just kind of tracking through them in different ways. But do what works for you. Whatever goal you need to set, um, whatever you know habits you need to form, um, whatever books you need to read, I just encourage you fall in love with reading because it, it really opens up just a whole new world. I and I I've been in this kind of nonfiction marathon recently. I just have so many books that I want to read. Um, but I do enjoy a good fiction book. I enjoy a good fiction series. Man, I can. I can go all night without sleep if I have a good fiction series. Um, You just lose track of time going through the books. But fall in love with reading. Enjoy it. Maybe pick up one of these books if I shared something. You're like, oh, I think that would be so interesting. Pick it up. um, Let me know how you like it. I am always looking for good book recommendations. But I hope that you enjoyed this episode. And I hope that there was something that you found helpful. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the No Higher Calling podcast. I always hope that my podcasts are a blessing and an encouragement to you. Um, if they have been, feel free to share with your friends. Um, if something has been a blessing to you, I hope that it is to somebody else. So share with all your mom friends. Um, and I look forward to joining you ladies next week. Thanks so much. I hope that this episode has brought much glory to Christ, encouraged your heart, and strengthened you to be the wife and mother that God has created you to be. Thanks for listening.